Welcome to the Cashflow Chronicles. I'm your host, Johnny Katani, and the founder of Katani Capital Group. For the last two years, I've been studying alternative assets and now help solve the problem of creating passive cash flow for creators, influencers, and busy professionals by bringing you five episodes a week of easy to understand education in the world of passive investing. What's up, guys? Happy Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. Welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Chronicles. I'm your host, Johnny Catani. Hope everybody's having a great week. I mean, we're less than a week away from Christmas. I'm sure most of you, if not all of you, are like me in the basically in vacation mode. However, uh, if you've been following along my uh, job, which is new, but, uh, you know, it's not a new skill that I've been doing. I'm basically just doing the skill that I learned and, and was doing for myself as a capital raiser, but now I'm doing it for a more established group. And we are in the middle of a, the biggest raise the company's ever done. And we close on the 28th and we have to close on the 28th uh, for the tax implications uh, because uh, there's some tax things that are changing between next year and next year, next year and next year. This year and next year, gosh, can you tell that I've been working 10 hours? <laughs> anyway, so we are in grind mode uh, pretty much through the holidays. I mean, we are going to have Christmas off. They are very good about taking time for travel and spending time with family. And you may be thinking to yourself, wow, that sounds awful. But you know what? It's such a great group of people that we work with. Everybody's bought into the vision. And it just doesn't feel like work. Again, it's what I've been doing for the last couple of years. And now I'm just getting compensated more appropriately than I was when I was doing for myself. Because when you do it for yourself uh, and you're just a capital raiser, typically a lot of your compensation comes on the back end of deals, right? Because you're basically incentivizing yourself and aligning yourself with the group that you're raising money for so that, you know, your investors don't feel like you're, you know, taking all this money up front. And then it's like, well, what if the deal doesn't work out? Right. So that's the long and the short of it. So now I'm just making a salary. Right. So, so it's all hands on deck, but like I said, it's, from starting from the top down, everybody's bought into the vision. The the leaders, the founders are incredible people. I got to meet them in person last week for the company's annual offsite. And you know, it just made it even easier. And, and to it doesn't it just it doesn't feel like work. Now it gets a bit monotonous at times, don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna you know, argue with that, it is still work, but, you know, ultimately the light is at the end of the tunnel. And if we close this deal, it, it'll be massive. When, when we close this deal, it will be massive. And so, so yeah, so that is 
what is leading to today's episode. And, and I give you that whole long story today because today I want to talk about track record and why track record is so important and why I'm experiencing that firsthand. So before we get deep into it now, you've got a little bit to know a little bit about me. If you want to get, learn more about me, follow me on social media at Johnny Katani. I'm most active on Instagram and LinkedIn, but all of, all of my social media handles, even even TikTok is uh, at Johnny Katani, J-O-N-N-Y-C-A-T-T-A-N-I. Okay, so let's talk about it today. Track record. Well, what is track record? Well, it's pretty self-explanatory, luckily, right? Don't have to do a deep dive into the definition. Track record is simply just what you've been able to do historically in any industry, right? Whether you're, you know, whether you're an employee and your track record is quote unquote your resume, right? Or your CV or, you know, your... Uh, a founder in the tech world, right? And they want to know what your track record is, how many startups you founded, how many startups you've been a part of, all of that, right? Track record is is important. Now, and, and as an investor, a passive investor, and specifically today we're going to be talking about real estate, it's important now more than ever. Now, the caveat and the catch-22 to a track record is that everybody had to start somewhere. Right. So in order to get a track record, you have to have some people believe in you and, you know, take some chances and be willing to get things wrong in order to get to where you have a track record where you're getting things all right. And of course, you're not going to get everything right. That That's not how the world works. But ultimately, a track record and experience that investors, especially those that are new and don't know much about you, that they can A, find, right? Making it readily available. And B, that they can trust, right? Because if you've been able to historically provide, you know, a certain return to your investors, then that means something, right? And so, First, I want to explain, for those that are new, if you're listening for the first time, thank you so much for being here. For those that have been listening, but maybe newer to the industry, I want to explain, we'll go back a couple of years. So the last couple of years in the industry, so I'm going to explain kind of macro industry, macro economics. So starting in, so obviously we all know 2020, right? It feels like hundred years ago, turns out it was only four. <laughs> obviously COVID and transaction volume went down in no matter what sector of real estate, right? Just as a whole, because nobody knew what the hell was going on and what, what the hell was going to happen. Right. So towards the end of 2020 transaction volume started to pick up because towards the end of 2020 states, particularly red states, were really adopting or really had put into place things so that they could more or less function as normal. And the thing with red states is typically they're more business friendly, which means that more things are open. So 
you know, more gyms are open, right? You think about California, how long things were closed. Nobody really talked about how many businesses had to be shut down. The red state's more favorable uh, towards business and towards COVID. Therefore, things back to normal sooner. I put that in air quotes, back to normal. Have we even established a normal, a new normal? I have no idea. Anyway, so come 2021, especially, transaction volume just goes insane because because of COVID, interest rates were so low that, I mean, you were getting 2 3% money, right? When you're getting 2 3% money on tens of millions of dollars, tens of million dollar debts, right? 30, 50, $100 million loan, that's significant. And not only that, you because transaction volume had picked up and you know in these red states you know there was no the more the the rent moratorium had been lifted and everybody was starting to move there because that's where everyone wanted to be during covid right they wanted to be in those pockets where it was open and they could live a life and so what happens Rent goes through the roof, which means acquisition prices go through the roof. With cheap money and acquisition prices going through the rent going through the roof, you could come in having no idea what you were doing, buy a 100-unit apartment complex, raise all the rents $250 without doing anything else, you know, $100 to $150. Let's even say you were able to do $100 just to make it easy. In some places, it was going up more than that right you think of austin was going up 20 plus percent year over year but let's just say 100 100 let's say rents were a thousand you raise them 10 percent 100 dollars across the across all 100 units just to make this easy right so the way the commercial real estate works not to get too deep into the way that that you add value is not but is certainly by aesthetics, right? You want to have good landscaping and obviously you want to, you know, you want to have a nice dwelling for residents to live in. But really when you get to the business side of it, it operates on being able to increase revenue. That's where the value is increased is by increasing revenue. What's the most obvious way to do that? Raise rents. Now, there are other ways to do it, but for the sake of this. So you get in there and you raise rents. So you had 100 units. You raise it 100. That's $10,000 more a month, right? Which is $120,000 more a year in, in revenue, right? We'll talk about expenses. I've talked about expenses. We won't get into that. But the, the real trick with commercial real estate and apartments for the sake of this is that they operate on what's called a cap rate. And a capitalization rate or cap rate is essentially if you paid all cash for something, that's the return you would get. So, you know, you buy something for $100,000, it's a six cap, you get, you get $6,000 a year, right? 
So you had cap rates at this time. Let's just say in the 5% range, they were honestly lower in your top markets, but let's just say in the 5% range. So what you actually do to realize how much more value you have added to this property is you take that 10,000 and you divide that by the cap rate, in this case, 5%, you've added $200,000 in value to this. So you can see how if rents are $1,500 and it's a 250-unit apartment complex and you're raising them $200, let's just, let's, let's calculate that. So $200 times 200 units That's $40,000 divided by five cap. That's $800,000 in value that you've added. So you can see how when you extrapolate, you know, these big apartment complexes, why when it, you're able to just get in, raise rents, not to mention the, uh, not to mention the appreciation in the market itself because everybody is moving there all of a sudden and obviously building demand is not keeping up even remotely close to the demand the nation as a whole is undersupplied to begin with especially at this time not nearly as many apartments or even houses had been on you know built as they have now in the last two years but so you have all this perfect storm for what leads to People being able to come in and double, basically, if you bought something, there were deals where if you bought it, I mean, if you bought anything in 2019, 2020, you doubled your money in 21, if not more. Probably, if you bought it something in 2019, there was a chance in the right market, you tripled your money, Inve your money and investors' money in, in 24 months, some 18 months. I've seen, I saw deals go full cycle in 14 months at 2X. What that means is basically doubling your investor's money, 2X equity multiple, right? You invest 100,000. And to put this into perspective, guys, the, the typical life, lifespan of a deal in this realm is three, five, seven years. They're doing it in 14 months. Even 24 months is crazy to double your money. So it's a very long setup to... What happened is a lot of those groups thought that they knew what they were doing, right? Investors are happy. They're like, hey, check out this group I've got. You know, this is what they've been able to do on my on, you know, their last couple of deals. And it didn't really matter if you had if you'd only been in the industry for a couple of years. Because everybody gets these this tunnel vision and they're like, sweet, I want to double my money in 14 months. So you get all these people in investing and then what happens well the fed takes over and starts raising interest rates and they raise and because they left interest rates uh so low for so long too long even they admitted it was too long what did you get you got the fastest rate hike in history and now all of a sudden these groups who don't really have a business plan to operate they really are just going to come in raise rates and and try to sell basically flip an apartment complex 
Now, all of a sudden, rents aren't going up. Nobody wants to buy anymore. And you're basically stuck with this asset and you don't really have a real business plan. You never really had to operate uh, an apartment complex for a very long period of time as an actual apartment complex, right? A lot of people just get in there thinking like a business and just raising everything and, and, you know, collateral, you know, collateral damage. Right. So now all of a sudden you have a lot, and this is, and, and if you want to know more about what else is getting the industry in trouble, because a lot of it has to do with debt and they were, and these groups are taking on sketchy debt because they just wanted to get deals done. And so if you want to know more about that, listen to Monday's episode, I deep dive into debt uh, as it pertains to honestly, some of these, this particular situation. So now you've got a bunch of investor capital that's locked up. And so what I want to get to is I want to get to track record, right? That's ultimately where we're headed. And the reason I say all this is because you see all these big fancy numbers and it looks good, but now in this time when you've actually got to implement business plans and you know people aren't getting their distributions like they thought they were going to because these groups have to hold on to as much money as possible because they don't know what's going to happen and all these things are going wrong now more than ever track record means everything and what is so awesome at sunrise is we have an incredible track record we're on our fourth fund. And so now, so now you guys, so that's a really good example of bad track record, right? And now these groups are in trouble. And honestly, some people might lose money. And that's really unfortunate for a lot of reasons. And I won't get into all of them, but you never want to see anybody lose money, right? Rule number one, to quote the great Warren Buffett, rule number one, never lose money. Rule number two, See rule number one. And so now you have groups that are in trouble for various reasons because they never implemented a real business plan because they never really had any experience. And that's not really their fault per se, but, you know, as an investor, it's important to do your due diligence. And if you didn't do your due diligence and you didn't pay attention to your track record, you're in trouble right now. So now... I'm going to give you guys an example of a good track record and why it's been so awesome joining Sunrise and why we've had so much success on this big raise, especially with investors that have never invested with us before. It's because we have an incredible track record. The first fund, now, the both founders have decades of experience, but we're just going to go back to the first fund. We're on our fourth now. They've done 10, uh, 10, 12 deals, you know, full cycle deals even before the first fund. But let's get to the first fund, 2017. That fund is still going, of course, because they're very long-term, they have a very long-term outlook. And you may be wondering, you know, is it five years a long time? It is. You know what's even longer? 10 years, 20 years. And so for them, they want to hold on to assets as long as possible. And by doing things like cash out refinances and obviously increasing cash flow, you can 
not only give your investors returns, but you can give them their money back without having to ever sell the asset. And that's where a lot of groups, what I've realized is a lot of groups, most most groups that are buying apartments make their money on the buy and the sell. So they want to buy and sell, right? Because that's where they're going to get most of their money. They don't make a lot of money in getting in and operating it, which is why you have three-year holds and five-year holds because they're trying to they're trying to get out as quick as possible. So now you have a group that has a long-term outlook, right? They want to buy stuff and they want to hold on to it for as long as possible. And so there's two things that are very important about what they do. One, they only buy things that cash flow from day one. So if it does not cash flow from day one, then they don't want it. And you might be thinking, well, of course, shouldn't everybody want to do that? Yes. Yes, everybody should want to do that. But not everybody does do that. Some people come in and it's barely operational. And they think that they're going to come in and lower all the expenses and be able to raise rates and produce cash flow. But that's speculation. Because as we're seeing, if the market doesn't agree with you, and the economy doesn't agree with you, there's nothing you can do about that, right? And so that's why it's extremely important to not only have a business plan, but know how to implement that business plan and give yourself time to do it. And so now back to Sunrise, since our first fund, they've never missed a quarterly distribution. Now going on, what is that, 24 quarters? basically six straight years of never missing a quarterly distribution, haven't lost a single cent in investor capital. They only buy two assets, mobile home parks and parking structures, basically those big concrete structures that you park in in downtown metros. Now there's potential, you know, to, to expand outside of that, but right now that's it. And they fill all of their funds with multiple assets. And what that allows them to do is if one or if, you know, if you have eight to 12 assets in a fund and one of the assets is not operating as effectively as you anticipated, well, you're still able to give your investors returns because you got seven other assets to carry it through, right? Until you can get it up and, and operational and, and, you know, operating efficiently. So, now what that allows you what that allows is when i talk to investors and they ask about our track record and what we've done those are the things that matter the most now you may be wondering well okay but what if i don't have a track record like that and that's a great question and you know what i don't have a track record like that and i've still been able to raise money so how the heck have i been able to do it well, let me tell you, it's by partnering with people who have done it, who have track records like Sunrise. That is the key. And so when people ask you, well, what's your track record? And you say, well, you know, I'm new to the industry, so on and so forth. Well, then I'm like, yeah, I'm new to the industry, but this is my partner's track record. 
And that's essentially what's happening at Sunrise is I'm talking to these investors and they're asking about Sunrise and what we've been able to do. And a lot of these investors are experienced investors who are in a lot of other deals that are in trouble. And when you can tell them that we've never missed a distribution, we haven't lost a single cent investor capital, those two phrases right there are just, they're not everything. And track record is not everything. There's a lot more to due diligence than just track record. But I'll tell you, when you need to make a last minute investment decision, whether it be for tax reasons or whatever it may be, it sure goes a long way when you can hang your hat on a track record like that. So I'll leave you with that tonight, you guys, today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm extremely grateful. If you love this and you you agree with me on track record and how important it is, guys, share this. Don't forget to rate, review, like, subscribe. Please share uh, with people you, you want to go on this journey with, whether you're new, whether you're experienced. It's important to... It's important to share with others. And so I would love it if you guys shared this uh, with friends and family. So thank you guys so much for listening. And I will talk to you on Friday. See you guys. Thank you again for tuning in. Who do you know that wants more cash flow? Share this episode with them so you can grow your cash flow together. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you're subscribed on your platform of choice so you never miss a new episode. Go to KataniCapitalGroup.com to learn more.